Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Russ M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, July 15th, 2021. Uh, today we're reading from the big book, page 70, uh, and how it works, the fourth paragraph. Uh, today's readers are the 12 steps and that end. 12 traditions, Kim T. First readers, Lauren N. Second reader, 164 is Jen A. Backup readers, Deanna P. Our newcomer reader, Sandy C. And second, our host is Devora S. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There's no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA sold purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group must have one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that People who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and a practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Annette M. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Russ. Thank you for your service. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever, wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to, out, to food addicts and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Thanks, Annette. I, now I, ask, I will now ask um, Kim T. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. The Kim T. recovered in Colorado, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, 
For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, thus problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Overeater, 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Kim. Well, I forgot the, sh- the share IDs for yesterday, so let me do that real quick before we go on. Yesterday's share ID, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Uh, July 14th, uh, 2021, is 17,352, 17352. The 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 17,353, 17353. Sorry about that. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your share, keep your sharing to the topic and, and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for our readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we resume the study of the big book and how it works. We're ending ending it on page 70 and page 71, the fourth paragraph on 71, starting in this book. Thank I you, Rod. Now, uh, well, oh, I'm going to ask sorry. Lauren in. <laughs> Go ahead, Lauren. You got it. Thank you, Russ. This is Lauren N., um, compulsive overeater, sugar addict from New York, recovered, thank God. Um, Actually, I'm currently sitting on the beach in Long Beach Island, New Jersey. In this book, 
you read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. We hope you are convinced that now God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you from him. If you have already made a decision and an inventory of your gross or handicaps, you may you sorry, you have made a good beginning. That being so, you have swallowed and digested some big trunk, chunks of truth about yourself. Thank you all for asking me to be of service and allowing me to read today. I'm so grateful that I found these rooms and found this book and learned to love and to hold on to a higher power because with that help, I have really learned truths about myself that I did not know or believe or even see. Everyone else on the outside saw it in me, but I did not it in myself. I'm so grateful <coughs> excuse me that I am <coughs> able to have a life that is way beyond my wildest dreams today. I have I live today in a life that is filled with happiness and joy and some sadness and some all kinds of feelings that for now I am able to just say, okay, those are my feelings and I'm human and I'm never going to not be human again. And I'm going to have them. But they don't make me want to eat anymore. And that's the best thing. Is I don't have to hurt myself with food anymore. I'm able to love others, hold on to God, and to listen to God's message, and to know that God has a better plan for me than I would ever have for myself. Thank you all for teaching me this one day at a time and for reminding me this every single day of the week. I am so blessed, so blessed today that I have all of you in my life, every single one of you, and with that, I pass. Thanks, Lauren, for starting us off. So now we're going to open up the line for sharing, and although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day that others might share their experience to. So if you share it on um, Tuesday or Wednesday, just uh, please step back so others could get a shot. Who would like to share on page uh, 70 there and how it works ending the chapter? Donna G. Donna. Marsha D. Marsha. Kelly H. Got Kelly. Lisa G. Lisa. 
Jean S. Jean S. All right. All right, so let's go with this list. Donna G, Marsha P, Kelly H, Lisa G, and Jean S. Donna, you're up. Good morning, Russ. Thank you for your service. This is Donna G, uh, recovered by God's grace in Pennsylvania. It's been a very long time since I shared, but uh, oh, it spoke to me this morning. Um, definitely spoke to me. So I used to, years ago, um, I worked as a um, counselor in a treatment facility that not only um, treated people with addiction, well, that was one of the many things that we did. So anyhow, I had a director who, um, I can remember him saying that the definition of a person who is addicted is somebody who is spiritually dead. And I I was like, what is he talking about? (laughs) What does that have to do with addiction? I don't don't understand. And um, I guess that's what spoke to me this morning. That was decades ago, and I hear that now, and I see myself my entire life. Like, my entire goal in life, my entire goal, was to be independent in all things, to need no one. No one. That was my entire life. And when I say need no one, some people say, oh, I mean, I mean, I mean don't need a husband, don't need siblings, don't need parents, don't, don't need anyone, no one. If it means working three jobs, you work three jobs. You don't need, you just don't need anyone. And, um, my, and the reason I wanted that, the reason the, the, the motivation for that goal was what I thought would make me um, comfortable, right? Talk about ease and comfort. Just be in a zone of nothing ever, you know, gets me unsettled. Nothing ever ruffles my feathers. Um, nobody ever, you know, bothers me. Meanwhile, every, you know, if I... I even knew what a resentment was back then. Like every second of the day I had resentment because, you know, there's people out there. There's people other than me, and they're going to bother me. Um, I I say all this by way of saying that I was, when I look back and I heard this reading this morning, I was spiritually dead. I was dead, period. Like I was so cut off from everything and everyone, and that's what I wanted. Just give me my food and let me try to get through this life and survive on my food and um, <laughs> and navigate through somehow. Um, I just thank God. I'm so grateful. And I wanted to speak because I just wanted to motivate and hopefully inspire somebody who's new that if he could save me, and I mean a person who literally wanted no one and, and, and was cut off from everyone, um, if, if he can do what, you know, he did for me, he can do it for you, and that is to connect me to uh, teach me, to open my heart, to, to teach me how to love, Time. to teach me how to forgive both myself and others. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Russ. Thanks, Donna. Next up is Marsha P., followed by Kelly H. Star one, Marsha. 
Hello. Can you hear me now? Uh, we got Marsha D. There we go. You are on. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Marsha D. Gratefully recovered by God's grace. And um, I really like this passage because it really summarizes how God brought me up and out of a relapse. Um, He definitely did for me what I could not do for myself. And he gave me all of you, which I've often drawn from and just envisioned this big circle of, you know, love and support and wisdom. Um, I definitely am convinced that God can remove whatever's blocked me and continues to block me. Um, I couldn't see that. I didn't realize just how my people-pleasing was actually dishonesty, how much I played the victim in life and ate over it, um, how much I just didn't realize how sick I had become with my thinking. And so today, yes, I've definitely made a decision to surrender and to be of use to him and my fellows. And that's, you know, every day I'm learning more about myself. And um, in the past, that would have bowled me over and given me an excuse to eat. But today, it just emboldens me to want to learn more so that I can be more. And not just for me, but for, for you know, the work that I'm doing, the people that I encounter. So um, very, very helpful reading and really kind of hard to articulate, but I I wanted to speak up on that because um, coming out of the relapse, the relapse for me entailed um, getting up hour after hour through the night, eating who knows what, and I paid the price dearly the next day because I would drag myself to work, not fully functional, not fully awake, and just struggling through everything. And today he's he's given me the ability to sleep through the night, to eat normally, and to be able to give back. So thanks, everyone, for being there. And a great, great topic. I pass. Thanks, Marcia. Next up is Kelly H., followed by Lisa G. Hi, this is Kelly H. Greetings from North Carolina. Thank you for everyone's incredible service. Um, I am a compulsive overeater, and I like this paragraph a lot. Um, In the road to life, um, I am one that needs a lot of affirmation that I am headed in the right direction, and that could be outside issues, but it affects me here um, because I, what I do when I lack affirmation is I run to food um, because food can be very affirming. (laughs) Um, I know what a certain thing tastes like and it can be really comforting. And when I feel nervous um, or I'm not really sure what the next step is or if I've made a good decision, I really, that's when food really comes into play. And it does that because I'm, I'm in the character defects, right? Indecision, um, giving in to my own ability, um, and I've made some bad choices. So I'm not really sure if I'm a good decision maker when it comes to the big things in life sometimes. So in this paragraph, I like how it says, in this book you read again and again. It is not a condescending statement. It is a, this is hard Um, and you need affirmation. And it's not that I have power to do this. It's the faith that comes. All I can do in this program is exercise self-will 
And when I do that, it blocks me off from God. So, you know, what can I possibly do? I have to give way to God. And that is all I can do. Um, And each day, I rest in the affirmation that he has power for me. Um, Tomorrow, I go in for a pretty major surgery. And I feel nervous today. But I'm in program. And I know whatever happens, I have power for today. Um, And I cannot even tell you what an incredible comfort that is. That as I walk with God, he walks with me. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Kelly. Next up is Lisa G, followed by Jean S. Hi, Lisa G from New Mexico, recovering compulsive eater. And, um, yeah, I really identify with so much in this paragraph and I was thinking it took me a long time to understand and be convinced that God can, does, and will remove whatever self-will I have um, that has blocked him from me and me from him Um, because for years, even being in the rooms, I kept focusing on the food and the food plan and the diet. And I didn't want to do all the work. And today I'm being graced, graced um, to be able to do the step work, to really start to dig down deep in looking at my will and, you know, things that I've done and and definitely as it says my grosser handicaps um, and I'm just I'm grateful for that because yes I love weight loss and I love being in smaller clothes but what I love more than anything and what keeps me going is um, just this new way of being in the world and every day I'm able to look deeper and deeper on how to be a better person, not a perfect person, but a better person. And I'm just very grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Lisa. Next up is Jean S. And now we're going to take another list. Hello, this is Jean S. from Utah. And as I, um, as we read the last uh, paragraph from the How It Works, you know that that this is the chapter about uh, doing the work, the inventory. Um, and I must say that I have already made a decision to walk with God. And I have completed this inventory of my grocer handicaps, which, as the book says, I've made a good beginning. And um, now I'm uh, doing what's called a step five and reading this inventory to my sponsor. And emotions do come up. Um, 
and I believe that as I feel them, I, I must feel them in order to heal them. And so this is a good thing. And um, I'm really grateful. And I'm grateful uh, for a sponsor who's offering me both wisdom and compassion as I do this. And um, I have swallowed and digested big chunks chunks of truth as I read this inventory to her um, and, and see patterns in my life. It's, it's, um, it's eye-opening and helpful. And I didn't know um, this process would be um, such a positive one, it turns out. So I'm grateful to be here, grateful for Bill W., the book, the program, and my sponsor, and uh, supportive sponsor people, and I thank you, and I'll pass. Thanks, Jeanness. So, let me let you know where we're at. We are on page 70, the last paragraph of how it works, just for one paragraph. And it's in this book you'll read again and again. So if you shared on Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back, giving others a chance to share the um, experience. Who would like to share? Emily Jen A. Sonia A. Emily, Jen, Sonia. Larry G. Brenda A., New York. Larry G. Larry uh, G. Brenda. Shim in New Jersey. Um, I got on. There's somebody in New Jersey. Shim. S-H-I-M. Shim S. Shim. Okay. And there was, there was someone else that I missed. I know I missed them. Who else? Brenda A., I don't know if you got me. I got you. That's it. We got it. We got our list. Thanks, Brenda. Appreciate it. So we got Emily D., Jen A., Sonia A., Larry G., Brenda A., On M., and Shim F. All right, Emily D., you're up. Thank you, Russ, for your service. Good morning, everybody. Hi, family. This is Emily D. Recovered, um, gratefully, uh, and sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly in Chicago. Um, You know, I came into this program on my knees, desperate. I stood at a turning point. And I just, I mean, I knew I just didn't want to feel what I was feeling, which is, which is really the illness, right? It's like, and, and we're sick. This is not something that I made happen to myself. This is not, you know, a gross violation of being a human being. I am, I have a disease and so I'm on my knees and I'm just like, you know, anything is better than this. And I was, I was kind of like in a very slow five-year relapse. I had been in the rooms. I knew about the stuff. And I knew enough to, to know that my only option, my only option was OA. And it was such a blessing to, in that moment, really get clarity on, I cannot do this. 
You know, it's like, it says here in this book, you read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. And when I stood at that turning point, and if you're at a turning, like, wait, your turning point's coming. It could be today, by the way. Um, so just get ready because it's happening. If you're on the line or listening, it, it could happen today. Uh, the turning point had me just really understanding, like, I, I have two options. You know, I can go to God or I can die. And the death in this disease is, is so cunning and slow. Um, and so, you know, just even that moment really began this process of being convinced that God can, can remove self-will that has blocked me off from him. It's like, if you can get me, Emily D. in Chicago, on my knees, the most, you know, only child, the whole bit, like, I got this, right? I'll throw money at it. Um, I'll reach out to professionals to, to kind of get me, get me right. Um, if it can work for me, it can work for anybody. And that moment, my self-will took a back seat. Um, and God got in the front seat and started driving. And what it looks like for me today, you know, that was a good beginning. Uh, I removed a lot. I have a lot left to go. But what it looks like for me today, this, you know, big chunks of truth about myself, you know, the truth is, like, I don't need anyone else to recover. I know that I need to trust God and clean house. Those are the two things we need to, for this to work. And I now understand, like, I get to ask for help. And every time I ask for help, and it started with my sponsor, I remember saying to her, I'm like, I'm scared again today. And I don't want to tell you because you're going to be sick of me <laughs> saying that I'm scared. Uh, and now I'm like, thank you, Russ. Now I do a daily fear inventory. Like, let's go. Let's keep working. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Emily. Next up is Jen, followed by Sonia A. Hey, Russ Money. Thanks so much for taking the meeting today. Appreciate it. My name is Jen A. <laughs> I'm recovered uh, here in Colorado, how it works, Chapter 5. Here's the conclusion, right? And it's giving me a, a, a pretty great um, idea that in the book I've read again and again that faith did what? 43 personal stories in the back of the book that say that something did something for them. Somebody, some power greater than themselves is going to restore me to sanity. And in this book, you told me that rarely have you seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed this path, that I'm going to uncover and discover all the things about myself, you know, in this resentment inventory, in the fear inventory, in the sex inventory. And that you also said that I tried to hold on to my old ideas and it didn't work until I let go absolutely. So I'm on this fact-finding, fact-facing mission, right? Like, I'm just quoting the big book. This is what it tells me. This is what I've learned. I say that prayer in the third step, um, turning my, you know, my will in my life over to God. Um, you know, I don't want to be in this bondage anymore. And if I do this honestly and humbly, it tells me that somehow something's going to happen to a girl like me. Something's going to be different. You know, counseling, I sat there and bitch moaned and complained on the couch. Okay, that's what I did. Um, I went to all the, the exercise places. I did what they did. I complained the whole time. I got some results, but I went back to the food. Um, same with all the diet clubs. I did that as well, too. And I knew that if I held on to this stuff, you guys told me that my life was going to continue to be unhappy. 
and that I was going to die. And so as I continued to do this inventory and put it down on paper, I began to see those handicaps. You see, I was incapable of functioning. Incapable of functioning with what? Well, God gave me all these beautiful characteristics when I was born. It's just that I've overused them, underused them, misused them, or not used them at all. And I didn't see that until I started writing it down on paper. And then I started talking about it to another person. That's when it started to become clear. That's a handicap. A handicap is blocking me off from what? From a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity. So I love the promise at the end of this chapter. God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. Are you ready? It's asking me a question. Are you ready to have God remove whatever's been blocking you from him that you just put down on this paper, Jennifer? Are you convinced? Because if you are, keep going. Don't stop. This is just saying you're done with the writing portion. Now you got to give it over. you got to open your mouth and discard all these things to God. He already knows, by the way, right? And to another human being. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Jen. Next up is Sonia A, followed by Larry G. Hi, thank you so much. This is Sonia, recovered compulsive eater outside of Boston, and so grateful to be here this morning. Wow, Um, I had to share on this, and um, just what a miracle, what a miracle faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Um, Something that I'm reminded of over and over again that I think for me, (laughs) I'm reminded because it's really a message, a lesson I need to keep taking in one day at a time is that faith will and God will do for me what I can't do for myself. And that being said, God won't do what I can do for myself. And that's the co-creative partnership that I have to have with God. And um, somehow, somewhere along the line, I wanted to be rescued. I wanted someone, some, someone, someone, please rescue me. Tell me what to do. I don't know what to, like, just fix me. Um, everybody knows better than me. And finally, God is restoring me um, to realize and understand and be reminded the truth of who I am. And the truth of who I am is that I am um, in partnership with this great spirit. And that one universal intelligence is guiding me. It's the almighty and always in charge. And yet at the same time, it's like I need that tone to stand at least in my human body and and follow and take direction and, and into action. Like this program says, like faith without works is dead. And so for me at this point in my recovery, the reminder of living very, um, very proactively in 10, 11, and 12, one day at a time is, totally and completely where it's at for me right now. And by the grace of God, I have had this complete and total spiritual awakening to the next level of like, oh, there it is. <laughs> and I, I mean, it's, it's simple. It's certainly not easy. And again, even in this paragraph, it says you have made a good beginning. So it's just another reminder for me with my thinking, because really, I haven't, I, it's my thinking. My problem is my thinking. It literally has nothing to do with food. Food once worked for me to get me away and sort of, you know, all the things, but 
I have a problem with my thinking and I have my brain and my mind every single day to, to, to live with. So I need God's help to manage. And I love this, um, that he will answer in proportion. This is not from the book, but I wrote something down around um, knowing that God will answer in proportion to my willingness to hear his voice. And I'm refusing not to hear his voice. Today, I'm refusing not to hear its voice. However you want to associate, connect with that creative one mind, I refuse not to hear it. And that's what I'm going to do today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sonia. So if you jumped on a little later, we're on page 70, the fourth paragraph in this book. You'll read again and again, and we're finishing up how it works. We're just going to read that paragraph to the end of the chapter. So next up, we have Larry G, followed by Brenda A. My name is Larry G. I'm recovered from California. Russ, it's so good to hear your voice and I really appreciate all the 10 steps you've taken from me over the, over the last year and a couple of months. Um, Larry, again and again, uh, I read this book and again and again, I go to God and um, I am so grateful for a vision for you that I have found a place that understands the common apparel and what the, what the solution is and that today I have a big book-based recovery um, and Overeaters Anonymous, um, this is a path less taken. I mean, let's tell the truth here. It is not easy to go to God um, again and again and again. And I have been doing that since last May. At times, I have taken my will back only to get hit across the head with a cosmic two-by-four, and I discovered that in 10 steps. And it makes me sad that I... Uh, will take my will back, but that's that's a spiritual journey for me, and it's a path less taken. When I wake up in the morning, there's times I um, I ask God and what the, what I should dress for the day. I mean, that's <clears throat> that's all new for me. Um, I have this, you know, a vision for you has really screwed things up for me. I I'm in another 12 step program and been in this fellowship for 13 years, and um, I've made a decision because you would not know at times in that fellowship, those meetings, that we have a common peril and there is a solution that we don't talk about. And what does this have to do with OA? It has everything to do with OA because if I don't you know, get my shit together in that program, I'm going to eat again. I'm going to eat again because that's what I do. And I decided to leave that fellowship and I found a fellowship with great weight, weight and depth. And I did some, um, I looked around for a new sponsor because the sponsor I have, I love this man. But we talk about feelings, right? And the feelings are not going to get me drunk. It's the thinking that's getting me drunk. I had no idea coming into this program that I was a sick man with a warped mind, a sick body. Uh, I just thought I just needed to get you know, my shit together and stop eating alcoholic foods. And same thing with the other program. I found a sponsor. You know what the first assignment he gave me? He gave me, he said, read. I want you to start reading the big book, and we're going to start with a doctor's opinion. And I read the doctor's opinion yesterday through the eyes of this program I'm in, and I sobbed. I was sobbing, not because uh, was, I was uh, hurt. I was sobbing with joy because I could, I, it was the first time that I saw my addiction in this fellowship through the eyes uh, of, that, of that person. Because I, we, we don't read the big book. Uh, it's never even mentioned. But I, I found a man that has big book recovery. And again and again, I will be reading the big book uh, in having a big book uh, based recovery 
And thank God I found that uh, sooner than later because I will eat again. I will eat again if I don't take care of my shit. So anyway, um, it's good. To, uh, thank you for your service. Uh, I love this program. Uh, and I'm out. Thanks, there. Appreciate it. Next up is Brenda A. Followed by On M. Good morning, and thank you all for your service. Brenda A. in New York, recovering by the grace of God one day at a time. I have a question, and my question is, how do I know if it's God who is answering me or if it is my self-will run riot that has been ruling me for over 40 years that's making it up? I hope the question is clear, um, and I'd like... Love to hear your opinions. Brenda, on the first meeting, we uh, we just studied the big book. The second unrecorded hour, you can ask that question. So stick around, and I'm sure someone will ask, answer that for you. At, at 8 o'clock, the 8 o'clock meeting, we can do that. All right, next up is on M, followed by Shim, Shim F. Hi, Russ. This is Anne M here, recovered compulsive operator in Ireland. Can I be heard, Russ? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much, and thank you for taking the meeting, Russ. Um, yeah, I really love this paragraph, and again, it's the end of step four. And, uh, yeah, it's it's so promising, I think, you know, the whole paragraph is... Uh, it's the, you know, this book reads again and again. So it's reminding us over and over, you know, the faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. It's that part. God does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And, you know, there is a part that we can do for ourselves. And that's the part where we have to take the actions. Um, yeah, and it really just defines, I think, for me, you know, the difference between transformation, which is with a higher power in my life, and change. For me, change is just temporary. It's shuffling about you know, my worries, my troubles, my character defects. But when God and my higher power is involved, it's about transformation, doing for me what I cannot do for myself. And it goes on again, you know, to repeat it. You know, we hope you're convinced that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. And that, for me, is just a shine and sparkle in, in the book. It's just what I need to hear because I'm blocked off. I am, you know, it's that spiritual malady. It's that bankruptcy that I my spirit is completely depleted, you know, and it's about for me, it's about, yeah, it's about emotional sobriety. And that's where I get unblocked and connected and I don't have all this blockage going on that's keeping me disconnected from my higher power and I get neutral around food. And it's so it's 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 incredible. It's the miracle of the program, really. But we're just at the end of step four here, you know, and. It says here that we've already made the decision. So we've already completed step three. And, and, and again, you know, infantry of your growth or handicaps, which is our step four, which is a good beginning. And obviously it's getting us ready. And it's, uh, it's really highlighting to me, you know, it says we've swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. And that takes courage. And that is the principle of step four, you know, courage, because it doesn't, it's not an easy, it's not easy. It's, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy you know, to write all this stuff down about yourself. Um, but with a higher power, the courage comes, the courage to change what we can. Um, and then it just really makes me see, you know, fellowship and, you know, having, having recovered people around me who can take a step five and to 
we lost John. trusted servants and non-judgmental. And that for me is just about so it is. I'm so, so grateful to be in a fellowship, to have trusted people, recovered members who have walked this path and are continuing to walk it and are willing to share with me and take me through it and uh, give me all the miracles and all, all of the promises of this program. So with that, I pass. And thank you again, Russ, for your service. Thanks, Anne. Next up is Shim F. And we'll be able to take a few more shares. Hey, good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. My name is Shim. I'm a compulsive eater. I live in New Jersey. Uh, in this book, you read again and again that faith did for me what I could not do for myself. Um, I really appreciate being on the line here. I hope you could hear me because I'm walking. And I'm walking because of this big book that taught me that selfishness and self-centeredness was the root of my disease. And if I want to get well and recover, I need to be selfless and God-centered. And uh, for a couple hours now, <laughs> since before, since about 5.30 in the morning, I've been taking kids on walks because I'm trying to help my wife sleep. Uh, you know, not because of any other reason except that I lived for 30 years of my life obsessed with me. And now it's time for me to live a different way. I just want to share that because someone said earlier about this being a program of action and faith without works is dead. Um, I was introduced to the big book in 2009, maybe early 2010. And it wasn't until I was 10 years sober from three other addictions before I was willing through this process of inventory to be honest and say, you know what? I'm not allowing God anywhere near my food because I don't want to let go of it. And finally being able to uh, get into not only the program of Overeaters Anonymous, the 12 steps, but the fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous. The book talks about it because I can't recover alone. And uh, I get on these meetings and I'm grateful that there is a meeting like this one where I can, like the previous share said, hear the big book applied to my compulsive eating and know that there is that recovery is possible. I love that this reading says, uh, if I, I've made my decision on step three and an inventory on step four, and it's a good beginning. I think a lot of people think that by the time they get here and admit that they're powerless, that they admit that they're powerless, that they've completed the program of the steps by admitting powerlessness. Uh, step one is not the is not the end of the twelve steps, and neither is step three, and neither is step four. We've made a beginning. I love that on step nine and the twelve and twelve, it suggests that we've only been in the program a few months by then. And I laugh at how many people who are in the program a few months are on their ninth step. Unfortunately, someone else asked about self will and God will. You know, I read this big book, and I another another line that makes me laugh is on step eleven because it says on step eleven. Since I've only recently made contact with my higher power, this deal of meditation is going to land me in all sorts of absurd behaviors and thinking because I'm new here. But it's, it's, it's expecting me to put into practice this, these principles. So I'm grateful for that. I talk about fellowship because it is a little hard to be on a phone meeting, not see you guys, not know what you guys look like. So I do try to connect with people offline Sorry. besides from meetings. I do make phone calls. I do try to share my life with people, not just uh, talking about the steps all day, but talk about who I am, where I've been, and what's going on in my life, because 
those are the circumstances around which I've eaten. And hopefully, I'm grateful and I'll finish with this. You know, before this meeting, I was on another one where we read page 145, where it talks about the employer who's only been sober for a few months, and it calls him recovered. I don't have to be abstinent for 30 years to call myself recovered. If I'm not eating compulsively anymore, and I'm in this work, I can carry a message, and I hope uh, the newcomer can hear that as well. Thanks for letting me share, and it's great to be here. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. So I think we have time for two more shares. We're going to go with that. Anita Jay. Okay, we got Anita. Darian K. And Darian. Vasa O. And Vasa, if we have time, I'll, I'll get you in there. All right, Anita, you're up. Okay, thank you so much, Russ. I I just couldn't sit there any sit here any longer without saying what this program has done for me. I'm Anita J. I'm living in um, Massachusetts, recovered through the grace of God. And hey, this vision this vision for you reading. I'm an addict that needed it slow. Needed it slow. I needed to hear recovered voices. I didn't know that's what I needed, but God did. And I happened to listen um, to a sponsor back in early 2014, after decades. And what has evolved has been the slow transition of Anita into who God meant me to be. And he didn't mean, you know, I'm I'm way up there in age. But in spirit, my God. (laughs) It seems like the older I get, the younger I am, in a way, um, filled with the joy. I, I wasn't, maybe I was meant to have that when I was little, but I didn't have it. And now I do. And, you know, I made a big decision. I could never have done this without a higher power directing me and waiting to be sure that's what he wanted. Is that, you know, I decided um, maybe three years ago to move into something called independent living, but it wasn't a good fit. Now, I have a choice. I didn't know at first. I don't have to stay here. I sat on it. I prayed. I waited, and I finally I moved. And my God, what a change in my life. I find a place that offers things that that not just feed your body, but your spirit. If you if you want to take advantage of it, and I am now seem to be known, I've only been here two and a half months. Um, it's a lady who didn't come here to die. I must have said that. And um no, I didn't come here to die. God, God did not lead me through all this to have to sit quietly, despondently. You know, my son and his wife invited me for dinner, I don't know, four or five weeks ago. I already had plans. <laughs> I mean, isn't that wonderful? I know there's some seniors who just, they don't make a move unless some kid takes them, you know. That's hard. That's hard on the family. So it isn't that. I'm not doing it to save them. I've just got a life. 
I got a wife, and um, and I'm also known as though she doesn't need to sleep. Uh, you know, at the end of every day, they have sleep. And so Beth said, I'm just trying to tell everybody, I'm trying to express gratitude. And, um, and uh, but I don't, one last thing was, I don't let the gifts of the program take me away from the program. That's the kiss of death. I did that once. Never again. It's gratitude to pass it on. And that's why I'm passing on my joy to you guys. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Wes. Thanks, Anita. So it looks like we're only going to have uh, time for Darian. Vasa, jump on the 8 o'clock meeting. I'm sure they'll, uh, they got a spot for you. Go ahead, Darian. Hi, Russ. Can you hear me okay? Perfect. Oh, good. Um, hi, this is Darian Kay. Grateful that all of you recovered for today. So good to hear everybody. I so want to share all the time, but I'm always in the car, so um, hopefully I'll be okay here. Um, but I, you know, I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful to hear certain words that jump out to me that I hadn't heard before, like a handicap. When people, when you see somebody that's handicapped, you have compassion for them, right? And you, you maybe want to help them or, um, you know, just wonder, you know, what, what happened. And it's compassion. You have compassion. And so that's a character defects, the things that I'm working on, which I am in my fourth step. I'm giving away my fifth soon. Um, and think of them as, you know, things that I can work on in a compassionate way um, and not beat myself up because I hear myself sometimes when I talk to others on the phone, yeah, I'm on the fourth step and, you know, I got all these stupid defects I don't want to look at and just, you know, sort of berate myself um, about having certain things come up again and again. And, you know, I can be gentle um, with myself and know, you know what? You're human, Darian. You're never going to be perfect. Why bother working toward perfection? It's just not going not gonna to happen in this lifetime. Um, and, you know, you just, just, just be grateful that you are willing to look and willing to uncover, um, like I said, uncover, discover, and discard, right? All the things that... Uh, take away from the good people that we are, you know, that God would have us be. Uh, and so I am just so grateful for all of you, as always, every morning on this line, and um, I'm grateful that, you know, the steps are here for me uh, to become, you know, a better person a day at a time. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Darian. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second hour unrecorded study immediately after closing. So today's share ID, July 15th, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 17,362. That's 17362. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by a serenity prayer. Will Jen A. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come 
if your own house is in order. But obviously, it's something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.